Hello, and welcome to Red Rock Relationships, a podcast about communication. Let's unpack the relationships that we encounter in our daily lives and learn about what makes them tick. And now your host for Red Rock Relationships, Dr. James B. Stein. Well, like I promised, we are back with the second half of our double header, and it's with a guest that we've seen not once but twice before. I am joined once again by Dr. Tara Suwinyatichai-Porn. Thank you so much for coming back on the show for a third time. Of course, Dr. James B. Stein. It's my pleasure. <laughs> well, it's it's great to have you here. And I know that the, the last time, well, the first time we had you on, you talked a little bit about intercultural dating. Um, we just uh, dove much deeper into the abstract of that with Dr. Uh, De La Garza. Um, the last time you were on was part of our like friendship panel where we had a bunch of people on to talk about a bunch of different issues. And now we're going to get to talk about the thing that you've been studying the most since your graduation from the illustrious Arizona State University, which is sexual confidence. Are you ready to talk about this? I'm so ready. I love talking about sexual confidence. Mm-hmm. Me too. And it's funny because like I didn't really know that sexual confidence was even a thing until like a year ago when you were like, yeah, yeah. And I've been doing these measures and studying sexual confidence. And I'm like, Oh, (laughs) that's interesting. Yeah. (laughs) So I think that one of the things that when people hear a term like sexual confidence, Mm -hmm. it's giving, it, 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 it's giving like very like self-help it's, 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 it doesn't feel like a scientific term. So Mm -hmm. can we, can we, as relational scientists, can we take a term like that back, please? Can we talk about like a concrete um, a academic explanation of what we mean when we say sexual confidence? Yeah, of course. And I love that you're asking that question. I would love to offer an academic definition for uh, those that like consuming information that's more academic oriented. Mm -hmm. So sexual confidence, it can be the woo-woo part, which is the fun part that I enjoy as well. (laughs) But uh, sexual confidence, the conceptual definition is this. It's the ability to uh, or the trust in your own ability to have a successful sexual encounter and to express your sexual needs. So we can unpack that, right? Mm-hmm. The trust in your own ability to have a successful sexual encounter. So that's the first part. Now, that trust in your ability uh, to have a successful a sexual encounter, it's very similar to confidence in other areas. For example, do you have the trust in yourself to be uh, to give a successful lecture? Mm, I see. I mean, I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if I ask people, like, do you have the trust in your ability to drive? And they're like, yeah, I'm a pretty good driver. So yeah, it's almost that same sense of confidence and certainty within yourself Mm. that you can have a successful, and successful is quote unquote, right? Successful sexual encounter. Successful is subjective, but at the end of the day, it's a positive thing. So Mm -hmm. do you trust that you can have a successful sexual encounter? Now, the second part is that you trust in your ability to express your needs and desires. Do you trust that you have the ability to do that. Now, that part, people don't have so much. It's because, you know, lots of reasons. I mean, there's societal, cultural, historical reasons. And currently, it's uh, it's been talked about more and more how you need to be communicating about sex in your relationship. Uh, but lots of people still don't have confidence to do that. 
Interesting. Interesting. And I, I really like the way that you position this as something that like, it, it's very self-oriented, right? And mm -hmm. obviously when we're talking about confidence, it, it's a self-perception, right? Are mm -hmm. we good at driving? Are we good at teaching? Are we good at performing um, in the bedroom? And I think that that might even, if you if you think about it, that might remove some of the pressure on, on the focus on the other person, which is often mm -hmm. where a lot of people's minds go as, you know, you know, as altruists, we want to do that. But mm -hmm. focusing on your own perceptions of your skill set is valuable in terms of improving your sexual confidence in general, is it not? Oh, 100%. Like, you know how we talk about uh, self-perceived communication competence? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like what is your self-perceived sexual competence? Yeah. And oh. it's powerful because self-perceived communication competence is like, oh, I know I'm a good communicator. Oh, I know when I go into a, a small group, I am comfortable communicating. Uh, I'm a great uh, conversationalist. Like that's communication competence and self-perceived, right? So self-perceived sexual competence, like, do you feel like you're a good lover? Do you feel like you uh, can have a successful encounter with another person? And when I say quote unquote successful, successful is subjective. Like mm -hmm. what you find successful and what I find successful will be different in the details. However, it's not going to be different in terms of orientation, uh, valence. It's mm. a positive experience. Mm -hmm. Let's say that's a successful encounter. Right, right. And I think that also if, if you if you consider success in that way, I hate to just keep harping on this first question, but if you consider success to exist in that way, it it kind of allows us to navigate into this space where we uh, we're not necessarily getting down on ourselves if we have a uh, a negative sexual experience, right? Like mm -hmm. we know we are confident that we know what we're doing, and perhaps if we had an unsuccessful encounter, it's not because we're terrible, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's because sometimes people just don't click, right? One hundred percent. Sexual incompatibility is uh, a phenomenon that millions of people have experienced either in dating or even in long term relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. OK. Yeah, it's a it's a, a cost issue for a lot of couples. Absolutely. So with that in mind, obviously, we need to take a communication perspective to all of this. And I think it goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think it goes without saying that talking about sex is a very taboo topic, especially in certain communities where things like modesty uh, and, uh, you know, humility are valued. So mm -hmm. why should we be doing it? Can you can we talk about some of the benefits of having these conversations around sex? Like, what does it do for us when we finally cast those shackles off and have those conversations? I love that you said cast those shackles. <laughs> it's very vivid. Uh, <laughs> Trying to be illustrative. <laughs> here's uh, two things. OK, one, uh, regardless of your uh, culture, gender, religion, political affiliation, sexual orientation, we all want love and intimacy of some sort. OK, so now when it comes to sexual intimacy and the high quality sexual intimacy, maybe there's uh, about, you know, five or less percent of people in the world like asexuals that mm -hmm. don't really care about that, which is completely fine. But the majority of us care 
the majority of us care about sex and we care about passion and intimacy. Uh, so not talking about something that we care about is already the first red flag. Why are we not talking about something that we care about? Mm. You love wiffle ball. You talk about it all the time. I so do. if we love and care about intimacy and sexual connection with our partner, why are we not talking about something that we care about? And then number two, Lots and lots of research found sexual communication predicts sexual satisfaction. It's a, it's, it's a no duh, but like at the end of the day, can we translate that into practice? What are some baby steps we can do? Uh, and that's where, that's where I come in is, Hey, listen, like, you know, research found this, but yeah. Okay. Research found that now, what do we do? Mm -hmm. Okay, so right. the, the more practical element of like, what are yeah. some ways to initiate or, or maintain or uh, reinvigorate that really important conversation of I loved when you did this or I don't like, for example, I'm not a big fan of um, uh, 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 kissing with tongue. That's not something mm -hmm. that I'm super into. My, I'm not interested in knowing what your last meal was. And that's that's, <laughs> you know, that's just my preference. And <laughs> voicing those likes and dislikes has been, as you said, has been demonstrably proven um, across a series of decades that this improves our sexual satisfaction. And of course, it should also go without saying that sexually satisfied couples are satisfied couples. Mm -hmm. So I, I think you make a really good point in terms of the need to develop specific behaviors that get us to voicing um, our opinions on these topics. Mm -hmm. The issue is uh, most people that are in a relationship right now don't have sex talks in their relationship repertoire. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They don't have the scripts, right? Those social no. scripts. We know what to say on a first date. We know what to say when we're ordering a drink from Starbucks. Uh, we don't know what to say when we were unable to get our partner to climax, right? <laughs> I'm, trying exactly. to, I'm trying to be exactly. as academic as I can. Um, yeah. This brings me to my next topic. Um, and you know, I have to take it here. Are we, are we seeing any gendered differences? And I, you know, we're going to have to operate within the binary because as you know, the majority of quantitative research operates within a gender binary. So mm -hmm. in that gender binary, are we seeing any differences in sexual confidence? And what I mean when I ask that is, um, are some elements, for example, of sexual confidence for some, diminishing to others like is a very sexually confident woman demeaning to a, a man with less confidence in the bedroom right if we assume heterosexuality in that interaction are we seeing anything like that that's really interesting. So in my research, I've collected data on sexual confidence from over 5,000 participants mm -hmm. over the uh, couple years. Mm -hmm. And what I've seen is a significant difference between men and women in how they see themselves sexually. So they rate self-perceived sexual confidence differently. So mm -hmm. men rate themselves more sexually confident than women. <laughs> and it's an, it's again, a no duh to me as a researcher, yeah. Uh, yeah. because historically speaking, like, let's talk about this, right? Societally, um, when did women started having rights to begin with? Mm -hmm. When did people started caring about their voices? Mm -hmm. When were they able to buy a vibrator? When right. were their sexual wellness ever cared for? Right. Because right. in the past, long, long time ago, it was all about reproduction. Right. Uh, we have a farm. Let's pump out eight kids so they help <laughs> us around here. 
Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's just the truth. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's, it's how it was. But now it is not how it is. How it is, is more and more people are becoming more sexually aware. And I would say sexually liberated, meaning they've, they want to have high sexual satisfaction. Uh, now, when I probe some women um, in the study, so not I weren't I wasn't able to do like a qualitative interview with five thousand people. Sure. <laughs> but I when when I was able to probe some women, uh, women that are sexually confident, typically are women that also do other a quote unquote self care activities and are interested in those activities to begin with. So let me clarify what that means. Uh, typically these, the women that report themselves high in sexual confidence are women that are healthy or report themselves as healthy, mm-hmm. uh, that care about like eating habits and care about exercises. A lot of these are yogis, like they do yoga regularly. And a lot of, uh, these women meditate regularly, maybe not every day, but regularly and they journal. So these are just some of the things that I see like, Oh, cause I ask them, you know, what do you do to feel like confident, let alone sexual, sexually confident. And then these are some of the things that they said, but then all of them would say, yeah, like general confidence. Confidence translates into sexual confidence as well. Now back to the, is a confident woman too intimidating for, you know, a shy man? Mm-hmm. Um, I have two running theories. I don't have data for that, but I have two running theories. One is no, because when you're an like anxious man having sex with uh, a confident woman, she can communicate directly to you what she wants and therefore creates a positive loop of you're able to pleasure her due to her confidence and communication with you. And now you gain more confidence because you had a great sexual encounter with this woman. Interesting. So, that's the first running theory. The second running theory is, yes, it affects the man because he's like, whoa, like she's so much energy in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how to react to that. I don't know how to respond to that. I don't have enough experience. Maybe I'm self-conscious about my size. Maybe I'm self-conscious about the ability to get an erection. Mm-hmm. So all of that can come into play when you're, when you have, when you're interacting with a very sexually confident woman. Oh, that's so interesting. And I, I want to unpack that in a moment, but yeah. I want to go back to what you were talking about regarding self-care and sexual confidence. This is making sexual confidence sound like a skincare routine. Mm-hmm. Like it's like it's a thing that exists and everybody should be doing right. You know, you got to get that glycolic acid on. Right. So like, <laughs> <laughs> it exists and it's real and it seems like it's a it's a it's a hinged door right you can walk through the door as long as you engage in the practices necessary to get you through that door so if you're doing things that are already designed to take care of your body and mind another thing that you can do is i don't know introspect or communicate with your partner about the bedroom and those conversations alone either with yourself or with other people can help increase your confidence which then as you were saying creates this positive feedback loop which is i think something that we really want to be encouraging when it comes to intimate behaviors 100 percent. i'm always encouraging people to do that is to take care of yourself that's a 
that's basically starting something uh, with winning in your head, right? Like if you want to quote unquote win in life or like just have a <laughs> uh, fulfilling life for yourself. Uh, the first step is really taking care of yourself. I think that's for everything. If you want to be, you know, uh, successful in your career, successful in your family life, like feeling good and taking care of yourself is the first step. But I want to share with you data in my study that's based on 5,000 people. Mm -hmm. So when I looked at self-confidence, uh, sexual confidence, I wanted to see where it comes from. And, uh, there is a variable that explains sexual confidence with uh, quite high variance is sexual self-esteem. Mm. And if I'm not mistaken, yeah. are you the one who crafted that measure? Sexual self-esteem? No, it uh, it existed already. Oh, yeah. So there was a sexual self-esteem, and when I ran the data, it's re it's very reliable. So, uh, sexual self-esteem predicts confidence, which makes so much sense. Sure. They are they are so intertwined. People with high self-esteem tend to project themselves more confidently, and that's just like facts by now, right? Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of research on on that. Just the general self-esteem and confidence. So they're very, very intertwined. But how I explain it is sexual self-esteem is internal. Sexual confidence is external because you project it. It's more performative. Yeah, it's more performative. So uh, how do you feel about yourself? How do you feel about yourself sexually? That's, mm. the, that's the question um, that I like to ask every young adult as they develop this introspection and self-understanding about their sexuality. Nice. Nice. And, and young adults should be asking themselves those sorts of questions for yeah, sure. Yeah. Like James, how do you feel about yourself sexually? Listen, I am uh, I, I would consider myself a highly confident person. I have a, a good amount of self-esteem. I've been fortunate enough to participate in a number of committed and short-term relationships where, you know, uh, my partners were uh, expressive and willing to exchange. And, uh, you know, that helped me develop a good sense of self. But, and this is the big but, you know, not everybody exists in communities where those sorts of conversations are possible. And it, even if they do, not everybody, at least certainly not at first, like as you're emerging into adulthood, not everybody is okay with having that sort of conversation. We talked about this on your podcast and the difference between dating in your 20s versus dating in your 30s. It's a big deal. Um, so that's going to lead me into the last thing that I wanted to ask you about, which is especially for young adults, people who are struggling with their sexual confidence, uh, who are transitioning into these, these uh, hyper-independent life chapters without maybe, and, and you may be feeling like they're not necessarily prepared for that. What are some ways, maybe some little behaviors or tactics or techniques that people can use to build their sexual confidence just in their everyday life? Maybe something that's low maintenance or something that doesn't require a whole lot of effort. Yes. I love that you asked me this and I love that you said something low maintenance mm -hmm. and not a lot of effort. We don't want to, well, we don't want to put all the pressure on you know, sex and, and discussions about sex. They already are coated with pressure and expectations and societal uh, stereotypes, you know? Dude, I'm a big fan of baby steps. Mm -hmm. Seriously. Uh, you know, at times I like jumping into the ocean head on, <laughs> heads on, but like a lot of times I just want to try little things so that, so that it's successful and I feel competent and then I can increase that behavior. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I completely understand when you said baby steps. So yes, so there are three things I recommend and these are baby steps in exploring your sexuality and increasing your sexual confidence. Uh, number one being try to uh, add 
one sentence into your journal that's about sex. So for a lot of young adults, at least like my students, uh, I would say the majority of them do journal. Uh, Maybe not every day, but they try to journal maybe every other day, once a week, but they do journal. Uh, So when you're journaling, uh, add one sentence about sex in there. I I mean, that that can be anything from, you know, uh, I feel sexually confident today or I feel I have good sex appeal. I feel uh, that um, I look amazing today. I feel anything that's related to your sexuality. Nice. I am ready to connect with someone. I am open to connecting with someone like anything at all. Just one sentence adding to your journal. um, And that would be that would help you keep sexual exploration in your repertoire. Uh, number two, it's, it's going to go in a s- scale of slightly l- a little bit more effort. Okay. Number two is uh, do sexual affirmations daily. And at the beginning, it will feel silly. It, you will giggle. You may even think it's stupid. I thought it was stupid when I started trying it two years ago. Uh, I came across this coach and she's a sexual empowerment coach. And she often talks about how affirmations has been proven time and time again in positive psychology to work in uh, career aspect and in performance like before before like um lebron james go play he will he will tell himself like positive self-talk mm-hmm. right so in like performance space they research this a lot and it works so like why not do it for sex why not like every day in the morning say one thing to yourself that's sexually positive? For mm. example, what I say to myself every day after I brush my teeth and I'm just in the bathroom, I just look at myself and say, you're an amazing lover. Mm. And I say that every day, like religiously, because I, it, it's just a part of my routine. I brush my teeth and then, <laughs> and then I go, you're an amazing lover. And then I leave. And at the beginning, it was like it felt stupid and I giggled. Uh, but now it feels so natural because I know it's true. I think that's a really good point. I, not to interrupt your third point, but like the idea of like the repetition making things less awkward, right? Sex is a muscle that can be trained and so is sexual confidence. Ooh, it is definitely a muscle to be trained. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so uh, to recap, the the first one is to add one sentence in your journal every day about sex uh, or when, whenever you journal. Uh, number two is to do sexual affirmations daily. And it can just be one sentence. And I can offer mine. What I say to myself is you're an amazing lover. And I've said it enough times to know that I am and to truly believe that when I show up to a sexual encounter with my partner, I am having a high quality sex. So no mediocre sex for me. (laughs) And uh, number three is uh, to try sexual meditation. I have a list of my guided sexual meditation on YouTube. If you guys want to check it out, there's also other people that offer that. So sexual meditation is just like a regular regular uh, regular meditation practice but it focuses on sexuality and the one that i have on there is only five minutes so if you can find a quiet time for five minutes maybe in the bedroom in the bathroom in the car uh 
try the sexual meditation. You may find that you really like it. There's a research from Dr. Lori Brado's lab that looked at sexual mindfulness practices such as meditation and how it affects sexual desires and arousal. And she found that it uh, positively affects desires and arousal. So therefore, I imply that it will affects how you feel about your, your how you feel about sex and how you feel about yourself sexually. Nice. And you know what I really like about all three of those suggestions? None of them involve any sort of physical contact. Like I think a lot of the time when people talk about like the importance of like sexual satisfaction, we talk about like, well, when you're in the bedroom, try this. Or the next time you and your partner are getting frisky, try that. And it's like here are some things cognitively that you can do with all of your clothes on that can help you achieve something that probably involves you taking those clothes off. But it's for me, it's so low pressure. It's so low stakes. And you have nothing to gain but the rewards from engaging in those behaviors. <laughs> yeah, true. It's really low pressure. And, you know, uh, one of the sex therapists said this, and I love it. She said... Uh, the brain is the largest sexual organ. Mm. And it is so true. You know, when the brain uh, and the cognitive function and the mental state, mm -hmm. you're in the right mindset and, you know, you're thinking about the right things. I feel like the body is very intuitive. Mm. That's a really good point. Yeah. Like animals can have sex, you know. We're... Oh, yeah. And animals can also engage in complex cognitive thought. Uh, uh -huh. On that note, we do have to come to an end to our episode, but I want to thank you so much for joining us and talking about this in a pragmatic and mature way. Of course. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Not at all. So next time, we've got some really cool stuff on intimate transgressions coming up, and that's how we're going to end our season with the last couple episodes. So until then, um, I'll see you around. You've been listening to Red Rock Relationships, a podcast about communication. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time. If you'd like to be on the show or have questions for us, please send us an email to redrockrelationships at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just search Red Rock Relationships. Thank you again. And remember, it all begins with good communication. This has been a production from a podcast studio.